I will start the sermon as I start every sermon I'm privileged to, to give, which is with gratitude. Anytime I'm in this pulpit, I'm grateful that our faith and this church allows my voice and other lay voices to speak. Our voices matter, and it is a privilege and an honor to share with you. Our dedication to the responsible search for truth and meaning gives us permission to wonder out loud with one another, to consider together and to wade through perhaps muddy water, holding hands and seeking a better way. Thank you for meeting me here in this space with the united goal of understanding and compassion as we work through what expectations we might place on life, on nature, on God, not God. And we do have expectations, don't we? Expectations that life is fair, that innocent people won't suffer, that we understand God, what God is and what God is not. These expectations can get in our way and cause us suffering. The good news is that faith need not rely on the expectations we impose upon that which we cannot understand. The book of Job in the Hebrew Bible speaks to these expectations and to the incredible difficulty we face living in a world that often doesn't make sense. The book of Job opens with a folktale type story where we as the readers learn of a heavenly being known as Satan or in the Hebrew, it's Satan, not to be confused with the devil. Uh, it's actually translated as um, one who is opposed. He convinces God to test Job, a blameless and upright man. Satan tells God that the only reason Job is faithful is because his life is good, and that if God were to take away his blessings, that Job would curse God. God gives Satan permission to rob Job of his children, his servants, his means to make money, and his health. They are all taken from him by means of thieves from surrounding villages, a fire from heaven, and a great wind, and Job is devastated. The passage Judith read for us this morning is the climax of the book. Finally, after multiple lengthy poetic discourse back and forth between Job and his friends who've been trying to make sense of his dire situation, God arrives out of the whirlwind, which is an apt vehicle for his theophany or manifestation, physical manifestation, as it can be easily compared to what the friends in their, eff in their efforts to console him have created or as God puts it, words without knowledge. Job's friends in their efforts to console him have been telling him that he must have done something wrong in God's eyes because God is just and would never have allowed so much tragedy to befall someone who has done nothing to deserve it. Pretty crummy friends. In these discussions, though, we learn that Job also expects to have been treated more fairly, as he knows he has done nothing to deserve such a terrible change in fortune. He had been a wealthy and prosperous family man, and it was all taken away from him. Job expected that because he was living a good, 
and faithful life that he would be able to continue living with the many beautiful blessings he had been lucky up to this point to have had. But Job and his friends got it wrong and God tells them so. From out of the whirlwind, God says, who's this I hear talking like he knows? Get ready because I'm about to ask you some questions and you better be ready to answer. Where were you when I created the earth? Who determined all the specifications of its awesomeness? There was a concert and a party, but you wouldn't know, would you? Can you make it rain so hard it floods or command lightning? Who has made all capable of wisdom and thinking? Who commands the clouds and can make it rain when the earth is dry? Can you take care of the lion and her babies? You know, they eat whatever they can catch. Who provides for the raven when her babies cry to me when they have nothing to eat. The world and all its intricacies, nature and all of its power, the web of all existence, including animals and the weather, none of it is determined by nor cares about human desires or expectations. Job wanted to know why. And this is the answer he got. Now as readers, this is a little hard to swallow because we know that God directly was involved with Job's losses. The biblical writer makes no effort to assuage our concerns. Instead, Job repents and the book ends with, have, with him having even more wealth than he did before and a whole new set of kids. <coughs> I don't know how they came about these children and we were, we're left to wonder about his wife um, there's, a, there's a lot that's a little bit problematic in this story. But it is helpful to know that it is a work of fiction, an allegory, and is generally perceived as one across religious um, groups. This book shows just how much difficulty arises when we anthropomorphize God or give him human qualities. This is a handy thing to do in some cases, but the whole point of the book is that we cannot understand. And in our attempts to understand, we can be led to some pretty tough scenarios, including personifying God as one who would throw away children and servants' lives to prove a point. The book never addresses the death of the children from any perspective other than Job's. Not only is God anthropomorphized, but Job reveals that he expects God to be just in the same way that he is in his own context, in his little village in the ancient Near East. Job projected his idea of how he lives well onto God and God responds with, you don't know. I really like the book of Job. The multiple voices and perspectives provided by Job and his friends are a cacophonous, rather frustrating discussion, but it's pretty effective. Even with multiple minds and perspectives, we still cannot fully understand God, and our attempts to do so will be messy and flawed. The fact that this world is messy and flawed the fact is, is that this world is messy and flawed, and to think that we could ever offer a tidy answer as to why innocent people suffer would be words without knowledge. Absolutely. The book proves its own point, 
that when we have the audacity to imagine God, we will get it wrong on some level. And Job gets it wrong. His vision of the world is one based on karmic law, that to those who live well, good things will come. This vision is lovely and idealistic and affirmed in the book of Proverbs in the Hebrew Bible and in the Hindu faith, and in many other written and spoken stories, poems, and artwork that look to make sense of the world. But it is not a full truth. When we live with this idealistic vision of life, nature, and God, we are asking for heartache when the web with which we interact, which cares neither for our pain nor our fortunes, crashes into us or the people and things we love. Out of the whirlwind, God reminds Job of his smallness, of his short time on earth, of his limited understanding. We are meaning-making creatures with capabilities of wisdom and thinking, just as God tells us. And when we hold God to our standards, our expectations, we run into difficulties. Difficulties that hinder our ability to live with grace. Difficulties that challenge our faith and cause us incredible suffering. Job suffered greatly due to his losses, but he continued to suffer by clinging to his innocence, demanding that this is not how things are supposed to be. And my goodness, can you blame him? Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote a song for the musical Hamilton titled The Unimaginable, which speaks to the pain of losing a child. I can barely listen to the song for how it wrenches my heart. Just the thought of losing a child is unimaginable, and Job lost all seven of his. We want desperately for the world to be a just place, that our good lives mean something for us. And God's answer to Job is that this place is dangerous and complicated and too wonderful for us to understand. Knowing this gives us the freedom to let go of our expectations that life works around our moral understandings, that it cares for our personal righteousness or even our existence. We as humans do not have a full understanding of the whole of creation, and we do have to live within this dangerous and indifferent nature. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't love and cherish the gift of life and wonder at its beauty and terror and mystery. As Reverend Scott Alexander once said, we love the world because it is the wholly uncertain workshop where we shape our lives. In the Unitarian Universalist tradition, when we talk about God, it comes with the understanding that we each translate God to mean something different to each of us. To many of us, God is nature or God is love, and many of us have disposed of the word God altogether, often due to the way God has been defined by others and by ourselves. God means so many things to so many people and has been defined many ways by our limited attempts at understanding. Faith, however, is not dependent on the way we imagine God. I'm going to say that again because I love it. 
Faith is not dependent on the way we imagine God, nor on any one version or interpretation of God. The power of faith is evident all around us. People tap into their faith in order to overcome incredible obstacles all the time. Cancer patients can choose to take their affliction personally or acknowledge that nature doesn't discriminate. Those who lost their loved ones this past <laughs> week can throw their fists in the air, angry and in anguish, but they don't have to think that they've done anything to deserve their misfortunes because they absolutely have not. They are not related in this indiscriminate, often devastating world in which we live. We can cultivate faith inside ourselves that can carry us through the most unimaginable blows and losses we might face. If we expect that God is like us, that God behaves in ways we can understand, then our faith will suffer and our lives will suffer. Even when we've hit rock bottom from forces outside our control, what we are left with is still ours and the way we handle it is up to us. The power of faith need not rely on the expectations we project onto that which we cannot understand. May this knowledge empower us. May it heal us. May we carry this knowledge with us as we interact with this beautiful, terrifying, wonderful, and mysterious web of all existence.